Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Not Another Mummy Podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode 36. Today's guest is Amber Wilde, who along with her partner Kirsty is mum to two sets of twins and she's also got a fifth baby on the way. Uh, Amber documents their lives as same-sex parents on her beautiful blog Meet the Wilds and she makes YouTube videos where hundreds of people tune in to follow what Amber and Kirsty have been up to. Amber and I chatted about their journey into motherhood, what it's like to have two sets of toddler twins, have I mentioned she's got two sets of twins? And how they juggle Amber's busy full-time job with Kirsty being a stay-at-home mum. We also talked about how people react to their family, both when they're out and about and also the reaction they get online. So grab a cup of tea and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Amber, to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm genuinely really excited <laughs> to have you on. You live not far from me and we have kind of chatted online and met up a few times and um and yeah you're somebody who I just think is brilliant and fascinating so to have you <laughs> on the podcast is so so good so you're a, a mum of four you've got a fifth on the way I do we're we're sat here on the sofa <laughs> two pregnant ladies you're about three weeks ahead of me um and yeah we're kind of similar in size aren't we I think so you're looking amazing honestly <laughs> your skin looks incredible you're, you're actually at that glowing stage. I'm quite jealous. Um, so, yeah, you've got uh, four kids, fifth on the way, along with your partner, Kirsty. So tell me how you and Kirsty met, because it's quite a nice story, isn't it? So we were childhood best friends. Um, we wrote a book together on the internet when we were about 13. You wrote a book together? It, it didn't go anywhere. It wasn't published or anything. We just wrote it for fun. And then her computer broke midway through the summer holidays. So I packed up my life and moved into her house so we could finish. <laughs> which bizarrely both of our families were fine with. Um, we were best friends for a couple of years and then when we were 15, the day after Boxing Day, we just sort of fell into bed together. She was recovering from chickenpox and was just covered in scabs, completely disgusting. I was harbouring influenza. I thought the um, nausea and the dizziness were just symptoms of being in love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it to the whole family, and we've been together more or less ever since. So how many years is that? So that is 14 years. Wow. 14 years. That's incredible. 
Um, and when did you know that it was um, true love and not like some passing thing? Because if you, how old were you? Fifteen. Fifteen. Which obviously, when when you're fifteen, it's quite common to, you know, become infatuated with somebody and to have really intense feelings, and then it fades away and you move on. So, at what point did you realise actually, no, this is the real deal? I remember being incredibly concerned that I was going to outgrow her or she'd outgrow me and we'd ruin our friendship in this dreadful, sordid breakup. Um, But it never really happened. We broke up briefly at 16, got back together within six months. I think by 18 we both knew it was quite serious. Um, We didn't tell our families, well, we didn't tell my family we were seeing each other until... About a year before the boys were conceived. You're kidding. <laughs> so I was going to ask you how your families reacted to going from being best friends to being in a relationship. Um, I think they took it very well. They took it very well. Um, they're all quite open-minded. Kirsty's family knew from the offset just because they live in a tiny, tiny house and we really couldn't conceal it. Right. Um. I just don't tend to discuss my relationships with my family. Also, so. just the way your family is. Yeah, and... we're quite private about that sort of thing. Yeah. But they were fine. I think it took my mother a little while to wrap her head around, but she probably spent years suspecting. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you do hear about a lot of like mums, mums particular saying, you know, yeah. either I knew before you did or, yeah, I've kind of wondered for a while, I've been waiting for you to have this conversation with me. So, mm-hmm. she, yeah, she probably did have an idea, didn't she? <laughs> Um, and you guys started a family fairly young. So, I mean, you're still in your, you're still in your 20s I'm now. I'm still in my 20s now. I'll be 30 in December. Okay. And um, the boys were conceived when I was 24. Yeah. Which is yeah. Re- relatively young. Relatively I mean, it's, young. it is and it isn't. I was mindful that, um, that we'd need fertility treatment simply because we're a same-sex couple. And I didn't want to go down any of the less invasive routes. I just wanted to buy sperm hand it to the doctors, go through IVF, not feel like a panda every month while we tried to conceive. Mm. And um, I knew it was much more likely to be successful when we were young, so we okay. did it young. Right. So at what point did you just start, start discussing kids? Like, did you kind of always know that you wanted to start a family I together? I children. Kirsty did not want children. Really? <laughs> Which is kind of ironic, seeing as she stays at home with them now and she's so much better with them than I am. Also, I'm sure, I, I'm sure I've heard you saying that when you decided you did want to have kids, you wanted one and Kirsty wanted, wanted more. She wanted twins. <laughs> <laughs> so you were totally sort of changing and swapping. You're... Yeah, we broke up briefly when we were 21 because she didn't want to have children and uh. I, I wanted to have children then. It's like, I'm 21, I have my first real job, I am a grown-up, it doesn't matter that I'm still living in my mum's house part-time, I'm going to get knocked up. So for you, that was a deal-breaker, like, with Kirsty. it was a case of, actually, if you don't want this, then we can't be together. Very much so. I think I hit puberty and my hormones just went wild, whereas she was a lot more pragmatic about the realities of having children. Okay. Um, okay, so you decided that you wanted to start a family, and you went and had IVF treatment, um, and how did you decide that you would carry the babies rather than Kirsty? Um, it was quite simple for us. Kirsty has a genetic condition that we wouldn't want to pass down. I see. Um, she's also very averse to being pregnant. She says the idea makes her feel sick. Okay. And I'm such a control freak. I can't imagine watching my other half go through it. Do you know what? That's so nice that you guys had a choice. Absolutely. Because if Kirsty had been in a mixed-sex relationship and wanted to have children... She'd have just had to go through yeah. it. Or adopt. Yeah. 
Brilliant. Um, so when you went for IVF treatment, you had two embryos popped back in. I always say popped back in, like it's like, <laughs> pop them back in, there you go. Um, I can never remember what the um, term is. It's transferred, isn't transferred. it? Transferred. You had two embryos transferred. transferred. <laughs> um, and weren't you convinced that only one would implant? We were told there was a one in four chance of implantation. And because of my age, we were made to sign a disclaimer that basically said we'd been briefed of the risks of multiple pregnancy. We wouldn't sue if twins happened. Because sometimes they're a bit reluctant to put they in more than one, reluctant. aren't they? We had to strongly, strongly push for it and sign yeah. this disclaimer. Um, Kirsty was adamant we'd get twins. I thought a one in four chance of twins. I mean, a one in four chance of it working. Yeah. There was no way we were going to get twins. I, w- I wasn't even expecting the first round of IVF to work. Yeah. It never worked. Yeah, it's so common for it not to work. I think you almost just do the first round thinking... It was my practice round. Yeah, we'll do the first round, (laughs) see what it's like, and then after that, maybe it'll work. Yeah, I did it six months before I planned to get knocked up, just so we could get the the trial go out of the way. And your blooming fertile body went and got pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. And how did you feel when you discovered it was twins? Did you have an early scan? I had an early scan. I remember texting my boss, who'd guessed at that point, and I just texted her this message that said, fuck, fuck, fuck. to be fair amber at least your early scan showed twins when i went for my early scan i was told yes there's there's a heartbeat there's the sack it's just the one and it wasn't until my 12 week scan that they were like uh no there was two that so, must have been quite an experience. Yeah, we, we just we just giggled. We just my husband and I just literally giggled for about half an hour <laughs> solidly. Did it take you a while to get your head round it? Yeah, I think it took a good maybe three weeks. Mm. But I think it's such a nice you know what it's like. It's such a nice bit of news to tell people. I know of that course. you. I know that you obviously told your boss saying fuck fuck fuck. <laughs> but it's very often a nice piece of news to tell people. So I think telling people like helped me get used to the idea absolutely um so back to you <laughs> um so yeah so how so, so you, were, you were shocked when you discovered it was twins i i was i was stunned when i discovered it was twins i was 24 in my first very serious job um we'd lived on my mother-in-law's floor for the past two years while saving up for ivf we had to find somewhere to live with not one baby but two babies, juggle maternity leave and the potential complications of twins. Mm. Not one baby but two babies. That's so much to deal with, it isn't it? It was quite daunting. I felt very young in that first six months or so of carrying the pregnancy and trying to figure out what the hell we were going to do. And did you have a lot of support around you, like you know, family and friends? We had tons of family and friends um, support. That's uh, we so were good. in a very fortunate position in that both my pe- my mother and um, Kirsty's family were very enthusiastic about the pregnancy, desperate to have us stay with them for as long as necessary. That's so nice. We were so lucky. That's really, really good. How did you decide that you would go back to work? Was that always kind of like the plan? Because you, 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 you always strike me as like a real career woman. Like you are, it feels like you work so hard. Like just from chatting to you online and sending you messages, you're quite often in the office very late and... You know, it feels like you're very driven when it comes to your work and you're very dedicated. So was it always just the plan that Kirsty would be a stay-at-home mum and that you would carry on working? 
It was always the plan. Um, I got the nature aspect of raising our children. She gets the, the nurture aspect. That's nice. And it's worked out really well for us. She always wanted to stay home and be the Pinteresty mum. I'd love to stay home, but only if I have a, a nanny staying at home with me or yeah. a stay-at-home mum helping me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm at a point in my career now where I just can't do what I do unless I have somebody at home supporting me. Yeah. I'm a total write-off in terms of childcare, not just during the week, but at weekends sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, That's like the perfect setup. Yeah, you're, it's you were both so us. happy doing the role that you were doing within the family. We've been so, so fortunate. Have there been any points where you have had a bit of a pang of, oh, they're off doing something fun today and I've got to go to the office. Oh, all the time. The boy's first haircut just about broke me. Oh. Um, I just didn't think to make a point to Kirsty that it would be a big deal. And then she said photos where she, she'd only taken an inch off of the fringes, but it was her <laughs> first haircut. It can really make a difference to how they look, though, can't it? It can. it can make them look really grown up. I was pregnant and so hormonal and I just wept in the office for about half an hour oh so you said obviously you mentioned that you got pregnant again how old were the boys when you decided that you wanted to have another round of IVF oh uh, they were about two hours old <laughs> no stop it no seriously but we did seriously we for a while um I went back when they were four months old to um to start the the process again and we found that my immunity to rubella had worn off so I had to be re-vaccinated tested again in two months and we finally got round to um transferring two more blastocysts so so you already had the embryos from the last no this was this was a fresh round so we did a fresh round of IVF and an embryo transfer three days before the boys turned one I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you kind of agog. I thought I was being really <laughs> clever at the time. <laughs> I felt less clever when two days after seeing the positive pregnancy test, I found out I was being made redundant. Oh, you're kidding. That was an experience. Oh, no. Um, I found a new job very quickly, which is the role I'm in now. Right. And I was incredibly fortunate to have a very supportive new employer. That's good. Who didn't bat an eyelid when I told him I was 13 weeks pregnant with twins. Another set of twins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's funny though, because I remember chatting to you around the time that 
um, you were, I think you were maybe about to start the second set of IVF, the second round of IVF. And I remember you saying to me, I don't know if you remember, we were in a taxi coming home from a, uh, an event that we'd I been at. I was just at. trying not to vomit in your hair. Were you pregnant then? No, I was just that drunk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me that you were secretly pregnant. <laughs> no. You didn't seem that drunk, Amber, so well done. You're obviously a very good drunk. Um, but I remember you saying to me, um, yeah, we're going to go for another round of IVF and I really want another set of twins. And me thinking, oh my goodness, you're crazy. Because <laughs> I think I probably had a, maybe like a five-year-old at the time yeah. and just felt like, you know, having, you know, four kids would just send me over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in a fortunate position in the time yeah. I see mine awake two days a week. <laughs> That is very, very true. Um, so did you think that you would actually get another set of twins or were you kind of... I thought, what are the chances? We won't be so lucky this time round. Of course this round of IVF isn't going to work. It's fine to have another practice round of IVF during the time where you know that your job is in an unstable position. Yeah. Go for it. Oh. Where's the harm? Oh, the world is a, it's a funny old place, isn't it? When th- things happen the way they do. Um, so then how did you feel when you discovered that it was twins the like second time round? Were you we over the moon? We were quite pleased. We were quite pleased. Quite pleased. <laughs> um, I hadn't found a new job at that point. Yeah. I found out when I was six weeks pregnant, so I'd known I was being made redundant for about a week. Um, I was incredibly pleased about the baby news, slightly yeah. concerned about supporting four children yeah. um, as the sole breadwinner without a job. Um, I'd promised myself if I didn't find a new job by the time I was um, at the 12th week, I'd start considering abortion. Right. Fortunately, I was employed by then. Yeah, yeah, oh my goodness, that sounds so stressful. Um, and then with this pregnancy, you just had, you had one embryo. We thought we'd treat ourselves to just the one this time. <laughs> um what what made you just what made you think let's just try like let's just have add one more to the the troop rather than you know go for six they're all at such a high intensity phase in their lives the boys are three and a half they're typical three teenagers the girls are two and that's that is a real intense time both of those ages are really intense um on good days it's like having one child with four heads (laughs) and they're much more easily managed but we try to be mindful of the amount of individual attention they all need. And whilst we can probably add one to the mix, I think twins would just be unfair on the existing children. Do you think the existing children will be a bit like, uh, where's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're very confused because mummies come in pairs. Of course. Children come in pairs. Yeah. They have two grandmas. Are they, so how aware are they that their family setup is a bit different to... Do they go to like nursery or playgroup or the, anything like that? The boys go to nursery. They're the only children in nursery with two mummies. Um, we got a lovely Father's Day card made out to someone special, which I thought was quite cute. Oh, that's nice. Um, they know they have two mummies. They know that not everyone has two mummies. They're not aware that it's a big deal. Yeah. And I suppose in London it's less of a big deal than it would be outside of the city. I think you're probably right. I think that, yeah, I think that other parts of the country you might kind of come across kind of issues but mm. how have you guys found being in a same-sex relationship and having a family how have you found the reactions to you as you're out and about everyone just jumps through heaps to show us how happy they are for us and oh, how really? accepting they are of everything that's so nice it's so nice we find that people are particularly effusive about um, embracing the idea 
We haven't encountered much negativity at all. You haven't? Do you think that is because you live in London? I think it's living in London. I'm I'm very mindful that my experience is not going to be the norm for most same-sex families. And have you kind of discussed how you might handle any issues, like when the kids go to school? Are they going to go to school? I think they're going to go to school. We thought about homeschooling, but mm. they want to go to school. And okay. It's their experience. Yeah, so that's nice that experience. you're actually, like, taking their thoughts into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of force it upon us. That's so nice. Um... I wish I was better at doing that. My little girl really wants to have packed lunches next year at school. And I'm just like, no, you're having school dinners. <laughs> so I probably need to leave out of your book and take her her uh, wishes into consideration a little bit more. Um, yeah, have you have you had that kind of, kind of conversation about how you might deal with any negativity that they, or any questions they get? Because, you know, sometimes kids can be so curious and ask questions and say, why have you got two mummies? And mm. I think we're hoping to instill the children with enough confidence in their family construct that they're able to deal with those questions without being bothered by them. Mm. Um, We've just reached a point now where they're old enough to really get the hang of the difference between their family mm. and other families. We took them to Pride in, um, in London. Did you? I was going to ask you if you went. Yes, it's the first time I've ever been. Is they it? decided to take two three-year-olds in tow. Which baptism <laughs> of fire. Total baptism of fire. Was it good? It was... It was busy. Yeah. It was good. Um, I don't think I'd take the children again until they're a little bit older, just right. because they were so overwhelmed by everything. Yeah. But I think it was really good for them to um, to be exposed to more families like ours because yeah. we don't know any in real life. Do you not? No, we should probably make more of an effort to go out and make friends with people who who are married or with people of the same sex. Yeah. But. That's so nice then that they got to experience that. Mm. Um, I kind of feel like maybe it's just the bubble that I live in, but I feel like a lot of me and my friends are very good at chatting to our kids about you know um you know the different possibilities like my little mm. girl quite often she'll come back and she'll say um I remember when she was in reception at school she'd come home and she would say I'm going to marry Cleo oh, cute. and I'd be like actually that's fine you can mm. marry Cleo because you can marry a girl or a boy and mm. I think that like I say maybe it's just the people that I'm around but I'm very aware of you know, our generation starting that conversation early and saying it's okay you know mm. if you wanted to marry a girl versus 20 30 years ago when people would be kind of no 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 so in a way we've come so far do you mean do you think that we've still got kind of a long way to go in terms of acceptance i think it depends on the bubble in which you're living i'm absolutely fine here this is a very safe happy accepting place for me to raise a family um, I can't speak for outside of my bubble, mm. but I suspect that there are parts of the rest of the country where my experience would be very different. Yeah. And of course, outside of the UK, there are still horrific human rights violations happening every day. Yeah. I read an article the other day, actually, and it said that more than three quarters of LGBTQ Brits hide their sexual orientation or their gender at work. So it's clearly still... Mm an issue for a lot of people. I imagine so. I was incredibly lucky when um, when finding this role that they snooped me on the internet before employing me, so everybody already knew that I was with a woman. I guess because you blog and you're yeah. so open about it on Instagram and, you know, you make YouTube videos that 
there's no hiding it for you, there's is no there? hiding it. Um, and it's actually quite a strange experience when we have to out ourselves in public to people who don't know us. Because I guess most of the time we just pass as two women who are friends out with our children. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it, how we make so many assumptions in day-to-day life as that, and we assume that everyone is kind of like us mm. as default unless it's pointed out to us that someone's different, if that Very makes sense. Very so. It, it shouldn't necessarily be mm. be that way. But um, what kind of reaction do you get? Because obviously you've got your blog and your YouTube. Um, what kind of a reaction do you get from readers and viewers to the stuff that you're putting out there? Most people are very positive about it. Um, I've had a few concerned comments that our way of living is not the way of God and there's still time to go back. Oh my goodness. Which is, it's very sweet, but I'm not quite sure how we divide up the children at this point (laughs) if we we decide to repent and marry men instead. Well, you're screwed with having five because you can't divide (laughs) them equally, so... Well, we've got the dog as well. Yes, of course. I'm willing to take the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But do you, do you get a lot of positive comments as well? Do you get people? So do you get any kind of comments from people saying, you know, you're inspiring and you've inspired me to be honest about my sexuality or my gender? Or I have, and I have a, a lovely little tribe of slightly younger readers who have been following me for a couple of years now, and it's been wonderful hearing what they've been up to from coming out at high school to first serious girlfriends to some of them considering having children of their own now Mm, that's amazing it's one of my favorite parts of putting our lives out there on the internet yeah because it must be quite a scary daunting thing i mean i do it to a certain extent as well and you are leaving yourselves open open to opinions and criticism i had a lady message me this morning telling me i shouldn't be eating bacon because it causes cancer and you know, like, which is obviously just like such a tiny flipping thing, but you are, you know, you just don't need to be caught with that on the wrong day. <laughs> it <laughs> was fine. I was more than happy to read the article that she sent me, and mm. you know, and think actually, yeah, maybe we do need to cut back on how much, how much bacon we're eating. But yeah, you you, you leave yourself open to people, other people's opinions, don't you? Very much so. And for the most part, any criticism I've been delivered has been constructive and I've been able to use it to grow and change my practices and reconsider how I expo- expose and express myself on the internet. Yeah. Do you feel any kind of level of responsibility? Like, Do you feel like that you are uh, in any way like a mouthpiece or a, you know, a figurehead for same-sex family and relationships? I try not to be. I try to bear in mind that everyone is so individual. I can't possibly be, however much I'd like to be at times. Mm. Um, right, Amber, I've got some quick fire questions for okay, you. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um, right, your blog is called Meet the Wilds. What's the wildest thing you've done recently? The wildest thing I've done recently? Yes. Aside from deciding to get knocked up with a fifth child, <laughs> I am onto the seaside in about three hours and I'm going skinny dipping. Amazing. <laughs> because my swimming costume doesn't fit. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> is it a beach that you're allowed to skinny dip at or are you just going to go crazy and rebellious? I'm thinking I might just go crazy and rebellious. Look out for me on Canvas Sands. I love that. I really wasn't expecting a properly wild answer. I thought you were going to say something like, <laughs> I went to, to bed at 10 o'clock with a chamomile tea last night. So, um, okay. Um, what was the last song that was an earworm stuck in your head? Um, something from Hamilton. Oh, have you seen it? No. I'm going to see it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and I'm very excited. 
And yeah. kind of hooked on the soundtrack. Well, it's amazing that it was that and not some kind of nursery rhyme or some kind of like having toddlers. I thought maybe you might have some kind of, you know, hideous wind the bobbin up type oh, thing you in had your head. To do it, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That'll be it for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, and finally, Amber, what's been your most embarrassing parenting moment? Oh, there are so many. Do you embarrass easily? You don't strike me as someone who would. Only when my children are involved. Um, my beautiful little daughter threw an apple at a little old lady's head on the bus the other day. <laughs> In a really uh, hard, or was it just a gentle tap? Oh, intentionally. She's very too. <laughs> She's very too. What did the lady say? She just looked at me. Oh, my goodness. And I said... Wait until we get you home, Olympia. I can't wait to tell your mother and have her deal with this. <laughs> Passing the buck. Passing the buck. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> that lady probably thought that she wasn't your child. I'm happy to pose as the nanny when necessary. That is brilliant. I love it. Um, Amber, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Thank you it for has been me. delightful. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can hop over to iTunes where you can rate, review and subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. But yeah, thanks for listening and I'll catch up with you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.